midterms. Midterms are always that amazing time of the school year where either you're super stressed out or you are the obnoxious person to everybody else who is super stressed out. And so um, if you are the super obnoxious person, calm down a little bit. Nobody needs to know that you don't have any midterms. Just enjoy it and keep your nose or uh, keep your business to yourself. But either way, um, this is the point in the school year. Midterms every semester, every school year. Midterms is the point in the semester where everything starts to ramp up a little bit. It seemed a little bit calmer to start with. And as midterms approach, everything kind of unfolds. You get a first real chance to see uh, where you're at in your semester. You get a chance to see what you're doing grade-wise. Um, you need to see if you're struggling or you get to see if you're struggling. And you really begin to see a, a better picture of what the rest of the semester look like looks like. Um, um, and so again, tonight, I'm going to respect your guys' time. We're going to keep it short. But um, going back to the topic of midterms, I know I don't want to remind you, but I feel like in uh, the average Christian college um, student's life, the four weeks of the year that you guys tend to pray the most is fall and spring midterms and fall and spring finals. And I know that that is absolutely true, but your prayers usually shift from, dear Lord, help me find a boyfriend and girlfriend to, dear Lord, if you just let me pass this one test, I promise I'll do whatever you want. I know you guys aren't that shallow. Maybe Phil. Phil's that shallow. But the rest of you guys, you guys are good. I know that's not you. But Either way, I kind of want to talk about prayer a little bit, and just that way we can set you guys up for success um, through midterm break and set you guys up with a, uh, a few different tips that can help you guys navigate the rest of this semester as things ramping up. I've always found that the time I spend in prayer with God never returns void. And so if I take that extra 15, half hour, hour to spend with God, that time isn't just gone and all of a sudden I'm behind in everything else in my life. The time I spend in prayer doesn't return in, to return void. And so I highly, highly encourage you to take the time this week, even though your guys might be busy, even though things are kind of crazy, take the time to make sure you're spending time with God and take time to actually pray. And that time won't return void. God will bless the rest of the time that you do have. He'll make sure that things start to fit. He'll make sure that um, you manage your time better through the week. But prayer is one of those things where it can be tricky to pinpoint an actual like formal format as to how we should pray. Based off of what we look in scripture, we can quote, quote Jesus, Matthew, or uh, quote Jesus, quote Jesus in Matthew 6, which if you go to Matthew 6, and I encourage you guys to go there, we're not going to go too deep into that tonight. Um, but I encourage you go to Matthew 6 and read about what Jesus specifically says and how he says we should pray. And he starts off his prayer, he starts it off with saying, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And so, um, as essential as Matthew 6 is, and I, and I want you guys to listen for just a second very closely. What I'm going to say next, I'm not devaluing what Jesus says in Matthew 6. So hear my words, don't take it for uh, that I'm devaluing what he's saying, but continue to listen and don't just check out thinking that I'm, taking away from what Jesus said in Matthew 6, because I just got done saying how essential Matthew 6 is for us in learning how we should pray. And if you're in here and you feel like you need to grow in your walk and in your, your prayer life, then Matthew 6 is a great place to go back to, look at it or look at it again, or look at it for the first time and really study how Jesus says we should pray. 
But the problem with Matthew 6 is that I found that um, it starts off and it says that Jesus says, here's how you should pray. Here's the, the way that you should pray. <clears throat> Sorry, my notes got messed up. And when you look at Matthew 6, and you look at the context of what he's saying, and you, and you see how Jesus is saying, this is how you should pray. Our Father who is in heaven, who art in heaven. I feel like we can overcomplicate what Jesus says here. I think that's the problem with Matthew 6. Is we take what Jesus is saying and we overcomplicate it. We take it out of the context in which Jesus presents it to us. And that's the problem with Matthew 6. Because he's saying, here's how you should pray. And then we take it and we begin to analyze it. And then scripture and, and translations don't put that piece of scripture into a modern, uh, for us, vernacular. And it does us a disservice. Because when I learned how to pray the Lord's Prayer, I memorized it as, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. How many of you guys talk like that in your everyday life? Phil does, because he's simple. He's basic. But we memorize this scripture in translations that aren't modern day verbiage, in modern day translation. It's not a modern use of words. It's not how we talk, basically, is what I'm saying. And then we over-memorialize it. We over-complicate uh, it to the point where we're taking it word by word, verse by verse, and memorizing it based off of the translation. And we're not taking into context Jesus' context when he said it. And then the problem is we also have that over-glorified language. We're using words, we're using language that we don't use in modern day English. When we're having a conversation with somebody, we don't use these kinds of words. We don't, how many of you, Phil might have, but how many of you guys have used the word hollowed in the last year? How many of you guys have used the word art that isn't talking about drawing or uh, that kind of art? It's words that we don't use. And so when we're using you, words that are ancient or words that are historical or words that are um, uh, bigger than the words that we usually would use, we start to overcomplicate this thing. We start to grow it into what it isn't. We start to make it this big, huge, complicated thing. But the problem is that this piece of Scripture wasn't written that way. It wasn't spoken that way. When Jesus said these things, when Jesus said, here's how you should pray, He didn't use an ancient language. He didn't use um, out-of-context um, words. He actually was just talking to them. He was using very basic language for the time that He existed. It was literally how you would have a conversation with somebody else. That's the kind of words that he used. And so we can get intimidated very easily by the, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. You can get intimidated. I got intimidated by that. 
And so I began making prayer into this big, huge thing where it was like, oh, I have to use big words. I have to sound fancy. God wants me to talk up to His level to Him. Like, I have to do this and this and this in order to pray. And that's just overcomplicating what Jesus said here. Because if we take it and we uh, actually translate it into modern English based off of the same kind of language that He would have used in that day, it would sound more like this. Dad in heaven, your name is sacred. Like how much simpler is that? Hallowed, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Versus, Dad in heaven, your name is sacred. And so using modern language, using the language we would use, it doesn't devalue and it doesn't take away the importance of what Jesus said. Because His name is still sacred. His name is hallowed. But we're using words that we're familiar with. We're using words that we can understand. Words that are in our modern language. And I feel like even just applying it this way, and if you look at even the translation of of the word Father, our Father in Heaven, the word Father there is Abba. Abba means more like a close, intimate dad relationship and not like a godly Lord that's dominating over my life. It's, it's in context back then. It was so simple. When Jesus said, this is how you should pray, it was spoken. Jesus said it in such a simple way that it was controversial at that time to the religious leaders. He simplified it. Jesus simplified how we should pray, pray so much so that it was controversial to the, the religious leaders back then. And then yet today, we still are overcomplicating it. We're making the same mistakes that the religious leaders made back then in our prayer life. We overcomplicate it. We over um, signify some of the words. We use words that we don't normally use. Jesus didn't do that. He used words that they would normally use. And so my first tip for the night is when you're praying, in order to, to pray a better, to have a better prayer life, the first tip is don't complicate it. Don't make it more than what it needs to be. It's a conversation you're having with God. It's a conversation you're having with your Father who's in heaven. Talk to Him like you would talk to your dad, hopefully in a respectful way. Talk to Him like someone who you love, someone who you have a relationship with. Talk personally with Him. God isn't wanting us to be robotic. He wants to engage with us. He wants to have a relationship with us. I mean, how horrible would my relationship with my wife be if every time I talked to her, I just wrote, writ, uh, read something off that I had written in a very robotic way? Like there's engagement in a relationship. There's interaction. There's, there's give and take. And so that brings me to my next tip. And my next tip is in, in your prayer time, in order to make your prayer life 10 times better, the second thing you need to integrate into your prayer life is listening to God. Take the time when you're praying to allow God to respond and listen to Him. Ask questions intentionally, hoping that He responds. Ask for Him to respond. Again, how horrible would my relationship with my wife be if all I ever did was talk and I never took the time to listen to her, which is similar to how our relationship actually is. And you can ask my wife, ask my wife how that feels. 
trying to say I'm sorry, okay? No, I like to talk a lot. But yeah, I still take the time to listen to my wife because our relationship would not be a good relationship if, that, if there wasn't that aspect of listening. And so moving on, the third thing that you can do to, to help your prayer life this week and this month is read scripture. And that sounds weird. How can I improve my prayer life? Isn't prayer over here and reading the Bible over here? No, our relationship with God is intertwined. Our time that we take reading scripture is just as important as our time praying. And our prayer life is improved by reading scripture, reading God's word learning about God, getting to know God. When you enter into a relationship with somebody, whether it's a uh, relationship guy-girl or whether it's just like a friendly relationship, you tend to try to get to know that person. You try to figure out what they like, what they don't like. You start to read and you learn and you grow. And as you learn more about them, your relationship grows. So how horrible would it be if your prayer life, you never took the time to get to know God? How would God feel on that? You know, how would you feel if you had a friend that literally every time he talked to you talked about NASCAR and you don't like NASCAR? It would get kind of old really quick if they never took the time to understand what you're interested in. And so the third thing, again, read your Bible. Get to know God. And then when you're reading your Bible, stop and pray while you're reading Scripture. It'll help you to, to navigate your prayer life. There's prayers that are written out in the Bible. That'll help your prayer life. And again, I know I'm being short and sweet with this tonight, but I really, like I said, I really want to respect your guys' time. And so we move on to the fourth thing. The fourth thing that you can do to make your prayer life better is make your prayers multisensory. So what that looks like for me is two things I really enjoy doing in order to help my prayer life is the first one's pretty straightforward. I write my prayers down on a sticky note and I put them up on the wall so I can read them and I can look at them. Or I can uh, write down my prayers inside of a journal. That way my prayers are a little bit longer and a little more private. Write them out. Take the time to write out your prayers. The second thing I do is I like to play disc golf. And when I go play disc golf, especially when I go play disc golf on my own, I go out with my, by myself and I'm out at the Shattered State Park and it takes me an hour to two hours to play around. And so if I take that time while I'm in nature... To pray, that's an hour to two hours that I get to spend with God and I get to play disc golf. And so what I do is I dedicate each individual hole to a different prayer. Each hole takes me about four minutes to play. So that gives me four minutes to pray on one specific thing as I'm playing. And then it also gives me time to wait and listen and to, to listen to God's response. And I've actually noticed, I've actually noticed that... Uh, as I've done this in my personal time, when I go out and play disc golf on my own, that now when I go out and play disc golf with other people and I'm walking and I'm not engaging with them at that specific time, my habit is actually to begin praying. And so because I've been intentional with this, now every time I go out and play disc golf, whether I'm going out for a tournament, league night, or just going out to have fun with friends, I still end up engaging in prayer because it's become a habit. And I would consider that a very healthy habit. And so I know you don't necessarily like disc golf, but find something that you're going to do. Find something, maybe even something you have to do when you're doing housework and you're doing dishes. Each dish is a different prayer. Something like that. Help your brain to, to, to navigate prayer as something that you're doing that's multisensory. 
Integrate it into your life. It doesn't need to be something where you separate and you're going to sit in a chair and stare at the wall while you pray and that's the only time you pray. Integrate it into your life. Make sure it's, it's involved with, if, with your, your everyday activities. And so the fifth tip to help you out and make your, uh, and, um, the fifth tip in order to help you out in your prayer life this semester is make prayer an integral part of your everyday life. Start and end your day in prayer, talking to God. Even if it's five minutes and you just can only say a couple words before you pass out. Or if it's as you get up and you're getting ready for the day, take the time to pray. Start and end your day in prayer. This is something that I'm wanting to do in order to help my prayer life. A lot of times when I get tired at night, the last thing I'm thinking about is praying. I'm trying to get better at this. And so this is something that I've noticed that as I try and as I start to do it more, it helps my prayer life out. And so the reason we go into all this and the reason we talk about all this is that I know that today I would not be as close to Jesus as I am. I wouldn't be as close to God as I am if it wasn't for the time that I spent praying over the last 10 years. As I walk my prayers out, as I get closer to God, as I, as I spend time with God and spend time in Scripture and I spend time praying, I've grown closer and closer and closer to God over these years. And there's been some hardship that's hit our life that I don't think I could have got through if it wasn't for the time that I had spent the previous seven years getting to know God closer, getting to know Him better. And so that time, that investment to God, that relationship, the closeness I've got to God, it's helped me through the hard times in life. It's not just that oh, I'm only going to pray when life is hard. Like it's an investment. Take the time. Dedicate it. Make it an integral part of your life. So what we're going to do is for the next five minutes before we finish up, like I said, it's going to be short, sweet, to the point. So for the next five minutes... I'm going to ask you guys to, to integrate these five things into your prayer life. And you're going to spend five minutes in prayer with God. Talking to God. Those five things, just review again, is don't complicate it. Listen. Read some scripture. Walk around if you need to. You know, make it multi-sensory. Journal if you need to. And then, yeah, make prayer an integral part of your life. So really, there's only four of those that you're going to do tonight. So for the next five minutes, can I get you to go ahead and start playing in the background? For the next five minutes, take the time. I'm giving you the time. And spend it with God. And just talk to Him. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for tonight. And we thank you for your presence being here. Lord, we thank you that you come to us that you engage in us, that you're close to us. I thank you that you don't make it complicated in order to talk to you. God, I pray as this midterm uh, week goes out that these students would have plenty of time to spend with you and plenty of time to get their schoolwork done and plenty of time to go to work if they work. I pray that you would just make their time stretch so that this wouldn't be a stressful week. Yeah, it could be a busy week, but Lord, that it wouldn't cause stress. That you would give them the time that they need to do in order to, to do what you uh, have asked them to do. 
think you, Lord. Amen.